Good to have you folks out with me this morning. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I've entitled the message, The Spiritual Man. The Spiritual Man. So let me ask you something. Are you a spiritual Christian? <laughs> uh, if you're not, you're a carnal Christian. <laughs> There's... Uh, there's no in-between, you know, say he's colonel. Okay, that's, isn't it great? I'm so happy you folks are here. I hope you come back. Missed some of you this morning in Sunday school, and we were talking about uh, frustrated Christians. We have so many frustrated Christians today. <laughs> you know, they're just so frustrated. Uh, they complain about everything. Can't do this, can't do that, can't wear this, can't wear that, and they complain about their walk with the Lord, and and they're frustrated, and I share with God's people, I think it's because they're trying to do something that Jesus said no man can do, and that is no man can serve two masters. Uh, Matthew 6.24, no man can serve two masters. And so they're trying to satisfy God and satisfy, satisfy their flesh on an equal plane. You know? They're trying to do what God wants and trying to do what number one wants. <laughs> number one, except on... Fr- no, no, you see... So there's got to be decisions made. But God's grace, He's going to be first. He's going to be first. And uh, so I was sharing with some of you this morning. And so, uh, you know, and I didn't get to finish that message. And so for the sake of them, I, I would just quickly some things. Uh, you're just going to have to bear with me. Uh, for the Sunday school folks, they were here. And so I, sh- I shared with them. Uh, that they, you're frustrated because you're, 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 trying, you're, not, you're trying to do something no man can do. That is, you're trying to serve two masters and Jesus is something that you, you cannot do. And, then, um, and because of that, uh, you're frustrated. And then we talked about the, that a double-minded man, a man who's trying to satisfy God and satisfy his flesh, is unstable in all his ways. <laughs> it, it's not just... Uh, it, it's, he's not just... He makes... Not, uh, it's, it's, it affects every area of your life. In other words, uh, you, uh, you're not going to be... Uh, if you're, uh, it's going to affect if you're, uh, if you're uh, what, a uh, Sunday school teacher. Uh, if, uh, you're going to be a bad... Uh, businessman, you know, or it could be uh, if you're a choir member, you know, you'll be a bad choir member, you'll be a bad dad, you know, if you're trying to serve two masters. And so the bottom, the, the last part of the point was you got to serve, uh, Joshua 24, verse 15, Joshua said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Whether God's which your father served on the other side of the flood, God's the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that's a decision. The successful Christian walk, the successful Christian life is you making a decision, a, a, a successful decision. One successful decision after another. <laughs> This decision and this decision and this decision and this de- and if you think that walking with God and living for Christ is done some other way, you're fooling yourself. There has to be a decision. There has to be determination. You need to say something like this: "I'm going to live for Christ and do right." By God's grace, it's going to affect the way I talk, the way I drive, the way I shop at Walmart. It's going to affect the way I love my brother. It's going to affect everything about me. That is, I have made up my mind. I'm going to live for Christ. <laughs> And do right. <laughs> not from time to time. Not just Sunday and Wednesday. But 24-7. 365, 66 days a year. You see, that, that's, that's what you missed in Sunday school, some of you. But some of you, okay? So you need to decide that. 
Will you serve the Lord and things or Christ himself only? <laughs> you see. Are you going to serve the Lord, worries and fears, or Christ only? Are you going to serve the Lord and personal ambitions and plans or the Lord only? Are you going to serve the Lord and carnal lust and pleasures or the Lord only choose you this day whom you'll serve? <laughs> he said, well, so that was it. And if I could get you to do something today, it is make a decision to serve Him. The first commandment is to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that is just, you love Him. So anyway, that's Sunday school. Missed some of you this morning, but now you've got to make a decision. If I, can, if you, I hope you'll make it. If you've not made that decision to serve Him, well, you need to make a decision to serve Him with your whole heart. No division. No provisions for the flesh. Nothing for yourself. Uh-huh. Romans thirteen fourteen. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. In other words, make no room for the flesh. And so, that's a decision. <laughs> That means you're going to have to get rid of some things. Not that they're all wrong, but, you know, if it don't, a greater walk with the Lord. So, y'all happy you're here? I mean, happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. Okay, did you find 1 Corinthians 2.14? Because now we're going to talk about the natural man. (laughs) That's an unsaved man. We're going to talk about the carnal Christian. Uh, We won't stay on that very long. (laughs) You'll get the point when we get to the spiritual Christian. Because I want you to examine yourself and see if you are a spiritual Christian. Now, if you're not a spiritual Christian, you are a what? Say it like you might mean it. A carnal Christian. Amen. Are you spiritual? You say, when I look around the room, hey, I'm not so bad. <laughs> no, I mean, when you look in, light in, in this book, are you a spiritual Christian? You know, when we compare ourselves among ourselves, we're not wise and, and, you know, hey, I'm just a little bit better than he is. No, 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 no. But what does the Bible have to say? And that's what we want to look at. So, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the Bible says, But the natural man, that's an unsaved man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, that he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as in the spiritual, but as in the carnal, even as in the babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you are not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? We're going to notice three things, natural man, carnal man, and the, then the spiritual man. And after that, we'll notice four biblical qualities that characterize a spiritual Christian in 30 minutes. Yeah, praise the Lord, 35. <laughs> he said 1130, didn't he? Amen, we got plenty of time. So, are you a spiritual Christian? You see, as a Christian, as a believer, you ought to be. You ought to be a spiritual Christian. Uh, now, when I use the word man today, I'm using it to include all of us, all human individuals, as men, women, boys, and girls, and not the men only. <laughs> so, when I say spiritual man, if you're a girl, you put you in there. <laughs> so I, okay? So, let's get started. The natural man. Notice here in 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man. You could say the unsaved man here and do no harm to Scripture because the natural man is an unsaved man. And the Bible goes on to say that he, the unsaved man, receiveth not. Sorry. 
He receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so, the unsaved man could be the neighbor next door. He could be the family member that you live with. He could be the friend that you spend time with. <laughs> he could be the guy that you work with. And now he may be a person who's religious. He may be a person who's morally good. And he may be somebody in the room today. But he does not grasp, comprehend, or understand spiritual truth. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So what is the Bible saying? The Bible is simply saying this, the natural man, the unsaved man, does not grasp, comprehend, or understand spiritual truth because spiritual truth is spiritually discerned. And so that's the natural man. Hey, my friend, you need to be saved. Don't you see? You need to be born again so that you can now begin to grasp. Have you experienced the new birth? You need to experience the new birth so you can begin to grasp, comprehend, and understand spiritual truth. That's what the Bible teaches. And so, this is man's condition. So let me ask you something. Are you saved? Are you born again? Can you tell me that? You're 100% sure? Uh, in John chapter 3, verse 7, Jesus said, Marvel not, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be. My friend, ye must be born again in order to grasp, comprehend, and understand spiritual truth. If there's something I could do for you today, it, is, it would be this, lead you to Christ. I would love to take the time today and take the Word of God and show you from the Word of God how you can have your sins forgiven, have eternal life, and have a home in heaven. And with that free gift, you'll receive forgiveness of all of your sins, eternal life, and a home in heaven, and you'll be able to grasp, comprehend, and understand spiritual truth. Wouldn't that be great? Well, you got to talk. You just say, hey, that's me. I want that. And I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can, okay? I'm in no hurry. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing after church anyhow. I'll probably go eat, but I'd love to spend time with you. You see what I'm saying? I'll come, I'll come all the way up from Florida to spend time with you. And so, this is man. Let me tell you, this is, maybe this is your condition. This is man's condition. Every human being in the world is born spiritually dead. You're born that way. Spiritually dead. Separated from God because of your sin, you are cut off completely from a personal relationship with God Almighty. That is man's condition. All right. How does a person get saved? How does a man get born again? How does a man get right with God? Did you know that all religions, all religions have some sort of salvation plan to offer you? However, all false religions have some sort of works like a scale, some sort of works <laughs> tied to their salvation plan. They say you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do something in order to get saved, in order to get right with God. That's not right. Folks, salvation is not by your own works of righteousness. In Titus 3, 5, the Bible says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Isaiah 64, verse 6 says, all our righteousnesses <laughs> are filthy rags. Salvation finds its basis in the shed blood of Christ apart from any human merit. In 1 Peter 1.18, the Bible says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Do you know the problem with all false religions? Here it is. They miss the person of Jesus Christ. 
In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, <laughs> the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. <laughs> and folks, that's why the religions of the world are not going to save mankind. They miss the person of Jesus Christ. You see, only in the Christian faith is there a salvation that is secure. And you ought to believe that salvation only exists in Jesus Christ. In Acts 4.12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. <laughs> you say, no, preacher, what must I do to be saved? You need to exercise faith in the gospel message. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, the apostle Paul wrote, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Okay, when a man hears the Gospel, and that is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and with a repentant of heart receives that Gospel as the only hope of salvation, that man is saved. <laughs> the Bible says uh, uh, that man is saved. So, where are you at? <laughs> oh, I got to... Uh, nope, nope. <laughs> Humility is a good thing. <laughs> okay, so... so 14.6, John 12, oh, but ex exercise faith, okay. Okay, when he hears God, the Bible says, Repent ye therefore, <laughs> and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, God commandeth all men everywhere to repent. you got to get it. This repentance, folks, is a change of mind that agrees with God. I am a sinner. <laughs> You're looking at one. And so are you. <laughs> We're all sinners. No one in the room today can plead not guilty of sin. Sorry. All of us must plead guilty of sin. All of us must say, I am guilty. I am guilty. I am guilty. I am a sinner. And so are you. <laughs> it makes no difference the magnitude, the capacity, or the length of your sin. You see, the Bible says, hey folks, wake up. We've all sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we got a problem. So the very first thing we must do is recognize the fact that you're a sinner. You know, agree with God, I am a sinner, and also agree with what Christ did for us. On the cross, He became our substitute. Hey, folks, He took my place on the cross, is He? 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For He, that is God, the Father, hath made Him, that's our Savior, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And if man would simply believe on Christ, he could be saved. Acts 16.31, the Apostle Paul said, Hey, believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Uh, Romans 10.9 and 10, that, that, that if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth that the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. Then he said in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, folks, I did that. On November 22, 1987, at the age of 30, 
I saw myself a sinner in need of a Savior, couldn't save myself, and I received Christ. John 1, 12. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, simply believing on Jesus as the one who bore my sin, who died in my place, who is buried in God's res- resurrected from the dead. And I became a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. <laughs> and now I get to share that with others. <laughs> So I said, if you've never been saved, if you've never been born again, you need to be saved, you need to be born again so that, my friend, you can begin to grasp, comprehend, and understand spiritual truth. You need to examine yourself and see if you're truly saved. Do you grasp, comprehend, and understand spiritual truth? Are, are, you, are you just can't wait to get out of church? I mean, you probably hear in your mind, I can't wait to get out of here. Or whatever. You know, I don't know what you, have you experienced a new birth? The Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit that you're truly saved. I'm not going to say you're saved. I'm just saying let the Spirit of God do His job. But if, you know, if you're not 100% sure, if you die today, you'd go to heaven. Let me take time with you. I'm in no hurry. We'll take the Bible and show you how you can have your sins forgiven, eternal life, and all that when you die. So that's the natural man. Natural man means to be saved. But I would say most of us truly saved, born again. We've experienced a new birth, right? <laughs> okay, now let's talk about the carnal Christian. <laughs> Carnal Christian is a saved man. Okay? He got born again. But he is dominated by his flesh. <laughs> he is ruled by his flesh. He is dominated ruled by the old sin nature, the old flesh nature that he has that is born with, therefore he is a carnal Christian. Now, I like this. The Bible <laughs> divines carnality for us. I like that. There's no arguing going on. 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? In other words, the carnal Christian may look like the spiritual Christian. He goes to church. He goes to Sunday school. Oh man, he looks good on the outside. <laughs> look good, huh? Look all that everything. But he is dominated by his flesh. Hey, you can't do in private what you think will not be seen in public eye and not rob you of God's blessing, God's power. <laughs> No, he's dominated by his flesh. He's ruled by his flesh. He's dominated ruled by the old sin nature, the old flesh nature that he has that he's born with, and the result of that are such things as envy and strife and divisions. Therefore, you have the carnal Christian dominated and ruled by his flesh. Other places in the Word of God define carnality for us, but really we don't have time for that. <clears throat> now with the time remaining. We're going to look at four biblical qualities that characterize the spiritual Christian and I want you to examine yourself. We're now we're going to look at the spiritual man. If there is a carnal Christian, they've got to be a spiritual Christian, right? Got to be a spiritual Christian out there somewhere, right? And that's where we're supposed to be spiritual Christians. And so, let's get started on the spiritual man. If you have a carnal Christian, there must be a spiritual man. Every Christian is aware of the old sin nature, the old flesh nature operating in him. We talked about him this morning. He does not want limitations. He does not want to be denied. He wants to rise up and be your boss. He's always wanting an upgrade. <laughs> God can't, can never satisfied. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> okay, you know. The flesh. He, well, he wants to be the boss, but Jesus wants to be the boss. Okay, that's what we talk. So every Christian is aware. If you're not aware that you need something not right. Maybe you've never experienced a new birth. You know what I'm saying? But every Christian is aware of the old sin nature, the old flesh nature operating in him. It does exist. 
But the spiritual Christian, the spiritual man, is a Christian who has the old sin nature, the old flesh nature operating in him, existing in him, but he is not dominated and ruled by his existence. (laughs) No, the spiritual man is a Christian who is dominated and ruled by the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God, and thus he is a spiritual Christian. So we're not, going to, uh, 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 we're not going to examine the natural man or the carnal man any longer. I want to zero in on the spiritual man. As a Christian, you're going to be a spiritual dad, a spiritual mom, a spiritual husband, a spiritual wife, a spiritual young person. Hey, a spiritual Christian, or you are going to be a, you got it, carnal dad, carnal mom, carnal husband, carnal wife, carnal Christian, carnal young person. It is that simple. Now you ought to be a spiritual Christian, right? You ought to be a spiritual dad, a spiritual mom, spiritual husband, spiritual wife. Oh, man, we need a spiritual mom today. (laughs) But you say, preacher, how can I determine all that? How can I determine this morning if I have the qualities that characterize the spiritual Christian? Now, notice number one, the spiritual man, spiritual Christian discerns. You say, how do you know that? (laughs) 1 Corinthians (laughs) 2.15, it's in the book. But he that is spiritual, that's you. What? Judgeth all things. Just in the verse, First Corinthians 2. But he that is spiritual, is that you? Judgeth all things. What does this verse teach? It simply teaches us the spiritual man, if that's you, you discern. You discern what the Word of God says, what it does not say. You discern what the Bible teaches and what people say it teaches. You see, the spiritual man discerns. He will pray. He will investigate. He will seek out. He will discern. It's not good enough for him that something looks right. Well, it looks like to me. It must be okay. No, 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 no. No mark of carnality. Spiritual man. And so, the spiritual man. Uh, it's, he, it is not good enough for him that something feels right. It is not good enough for him that something looks right. It's not good enough for him that something seems right. The spiritual man, here it is, will examine all things in light of the Word of God. (laughs) And then distinguish between right and wrong to make a right choice. He does not discern on the basis of his own personal experiences. Folks, he discerns on the basis of what the Bible says. He discerns on the basis of what the Bible teaches. He understands the Word of God, and by using the Word of God, he discerns. Now, the spiritual Christian, the spiritual man, is a student of the Word of God. So where does that leave you? 2 Timothy 2.15 Study. You don't wake up one morning and find out you study. You've got to make a decision by God's grace. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. So the spiritual Christian decides by God's grace I'm going to study discipline myself to do what I've decided depend upon the Holy Spirit of God to accomplish that in my life. But what are, you show the successful Christian life is you making one decision after another. By God's grace you're going to study. <laughs> By God's grace, I'm going to let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from me. Uh, uh, men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's a decision. And so you make these decisions as you daily walk with the Master. <laughs> and depend upon God to accomplish that in your life. So, what is it? so the spiritual man is a student of the Word of God. And so uh, you will never hear the spiritual man saying, well, it doesn't bother me. So if it doesn't bother me, it must be okay. You'll never hear the spiritual man saying, listen folks, I watch nudity and I listen to profanity on TV and it doesn't affect me. So it must be okay. 
folks, you'll never hear the spiritual Christian saying that. That's a carnal Christian. You'll never hear the spiritual man saying, well, uh, folks are getting saved. And if folks are getting saved, it must be of God because anything that results in salvation of souls, it must be of the Lord. <laughs> Sorry. You'll never hear the spiritual Christian saying that. You know, there's preachers in the pulpit that they are not even saved. They preach the gospel. God is simply blessing His Word. You see? And so that is so, so important. We get in the book. Study to show thyself approved in God. Know what the Bible says. Know what the Bible teaches. No right, no wrong. And uh, so the spiritual man, so you'll never hear the spiritual man saying that that's the mark of carnality to when he, you know, people getting saved and so forth. It must be of God. No, you, you know, there's got so many. Uh, anyway, so the spiritual man does not judge on the basis of his personal experiences. He doesn't judge on the basis of results. He doesn't judge on the basis of opinions. No, he judges on the basis of what the Bible says. He judges on the basis of what the Bible teaches. And then he distinguishes between right and wrong to make a right choice. Uh, uh, you'll never... Uh, uh, let's see. He understands the Word of God. and Using the Word of God, he discerns. He discerns what the Word of God says, what it does not say. He discerns what the Bible teaches and what people say it teaches. It is. Not everything that comes across the TV. <laughs> Pulpits and radios by preachers and folks, I am one, is thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Did you know that? So don't be so naive to think so. I mean, if the preacher gets, he held to give you chapter and verse. He can't give you ch chapter and verse, <laughs> his opinion just like yours. But if a man of God gives you a chapter and a verse, hey, see, you've got, you know, you got to deal with it. You know, study to show thyself approved unto God. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from your fallen house. And God never told you something you could not do. You see? And so there's a lack of decisions. The last uh, 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 decisions being made, uh, commitments and all, and, and discipline. And a lot of it is just kind of, well, it feels good to do it. Y'all still coming back, right? Come back tonight? Okay, good. All right. Praise the Lord. So, I want to say, now this is going to... Again, now listen. God did not say, are you saved, born again, experienced new birth? You said, that's me. I'll give you chapter and verse. I know I'm saved. I'll give you Bible reason why. Okay. Well, He did not save you that you might live for yourself and do what you want to do down here. Well, I don't believe that. Maybe that's your problem. Maybe you didn't need getting in the book. You see, now what you need to do, so the spiritual man will examine the Bible and see if that's what the Bible teaches. Does the Bible teach you that you, he did not save you, you might leave yourself and do what you want to do? Is that true or false? If it's true, then we do it. If it's false, then we just don't, don't, don't do it. You don't obey. You see what I'm saying? It's his opinion and you don't have to do it. But okay, so, and if it does not teach that, it does not say that, the spiritual Christian lets it go in one ear and right out the other. <laughs> that's easy. But if the Word of God teaches that, if the Word of God says that, then if you are a spiritual Christian, a spiritual man is to be a hearer and a doer. A doer of the Word of God. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, loveth me. You like him, you appreciate him, but do you love him? Do you love him enough just to obey? <laughs> I do it because I love him. I love him. I stop and think he tasted death, took upon himself my sin, died in my place. Oh, man, I can stop at a stop sign. Praise God. Hey. 
Okay, that takes a little bit of grace, but you can do it. I even do it. But you've got to make the decision to stop and then ask God to help you to stop. But you can do it. So, what did I say? I simply say, here it is. God did not save you. He might lift yourself and do what you want to do in this life. The Bible is very clear on that. And you ought to look it up if you don't know it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. We read, And that he, as Christ, died for all, for Christ, uh, for he, Christ, died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So that's, uh, who died for you and rose again? You say, that's, that's the Lord Jesus. That's right. He tasted death, took upon himself uh, your sins, died in your place. One of the clearest passages in the Bible which teaches us that he certainly did not save us, that we might live for ourselves and do what we want to do, that we might choose to live for the Lord. Choose you this day whom you'll serve. <laughs> no man can serve two masters. That's why God's people are frustrated. They're trying to satisfy God and satisfy the flesh. And you've got to make a decision by God's grace. Did somebody use, I said, by God's grace, I'm going to live for Christ do right. I'm going to serve Him. <laughs> and we are what we are by the grace of God. You are what you are by the grace of God. And so, but if you've, what if you've never made that decision? <laughs> you've got to make a decision. Successful Christian life, one decision after another. So, the spiritual man discerns what is right and what is wrong to make a right choice. And by doing that, he is now able to give God the advice to others. So don't you dare get your advice from the ungodly crowd. Don't find you somebody going to agree with you. <laughs> Usually when people want to know something, they already got their mind. I said, they've already got the, they formulated in their mind what they want to hear. And I said, well, what do you think about it? And then they tell me what to think about it. And that's, that's usually, that's what, they just want me to agree with them. You know what I'm saying? Usually if they ask a question, they've already formulated what they want to hear. But so, so don't get your advice from the ungodly crowd. Now, why would you not get your advice from the ungodly crowd? <laughs> I got me a verse, Psalm one. <laughs> verse, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Get your advice from the spiritual man. You see, the spiritual man can discern between what is good, what is better, and what is best. He realizes that there are many things that are good, but they're not superior. He learns to discern between what is best over what is good. The spiritual man discerns between the good from the better from the best, and then he gives his life to doing that thing first. What's first? Matthew 6.33. <laughs> seek ye second. No, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the spiritual man, here it is, so the spiritual man realizes, folks, there are a lot of noble things he could give his life to. I can draw anything I look at. Disney wanted to hire me when I was 10 years old. <laughs> what? Can you imagine what I might have been? John Cartoon, Donald Duck, <laughs> Daffy Duck and all that. A lot of, no, see, I've, I've been asked to take over a track league or president of a, a college. A lot of noble things I could give my life to. But I must determine what is first and then do it first. And besides that, with titles comes responsibility. <laughs> i got all of them I want. <laughs> That's just coming to church. Just, just trying to help. Just to, to give as a gift. Coming to the church and God's people and say, let's go forward. Don't, don't be content. Let's go a higher ground. Let's live for God. Let's do right. 
Can you imagine what we, you know, Moses, well, he's, he's gone. You know, Abraham gone. All them guys gone. Peter gone. We're still here in the land of the living. Let's do something for the Lord. Can you imagine revival take place in Buffalo, Buffalo, Minnesota? Man, what is a Buffalo, Minnesota? They don't even know you folks exist. But can you imagine with God on our side? Glory! Rallying the troops. <laughs> Amen. Is he real to you? Oh, so get your advice from the spiritual man. Man, you seek ye first the kingdom of God. The spiritual man realizes there are a lot of noble things that he give his life to. He must determine what is first and then do it first. He's not guided by his emotions, not guided by his experiences, not guided by results, not guided by opinions. Guided by the biblical principles set forth in the Word of God. He tests out what he thinks, what he's told, what he sees, what he hears, what he feels by the biblical standards set forth in the Word of God. And, uh, and so, and, and, and he gives liberty where God grants it, but he requires restriction where God demands it. Don't do that. <laughs> There's great liberty in serving the king. Hey, what is it in the garden? He says, just don't eat the tree of <laughs> good and evil. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's just the one thing. <laughs> and don't be blaming him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we have an opportunity. We, we don't have to, you don't have to do wrong. You choose to do it. That's right. You choose to do it. You don't have to do wrong. Isn't that great? Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, so spiritual man, uh, I submit to you, the spiritual man discerns if that's a quality of spirituality or a spiritual Christian. Are you a discerning Christian? Yes or no? Do you judge all things on the basis of what the Bible says, on the basis of what the Bible teaches, and then distinguish between right and wrong to make the right choice? You say no. Well, then you got a problem. Number two, <laughs> spiritual man acknowledges First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse thirty-seven. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 37. If men think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that are right unto you are the commandments of the Lord. So the spiritual man acknowledges the authority of the Word of God in his life. <laughs> in other words, the Bible is not just a good book to him. The Bible is not just a good book of biblical principles to him. The Bible is a book of binding biblical principles to the spiritual man. So... He acknowledges the authority of God in his life. He acknowledges the rule of God in his life as it is expressed in the Word of God. In other words, he gladly submits himself to God. Is that biblical? James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. You say, preacher, how can I do that this morning? How can I submit myself to God? He might not like it, but he gives it. The only way, this is the only way. There's not three ways, five ways. The only way you can submit yourself to God is to bring yourself under the authority of God, under the rule of God, as it is expressed in the Word of God. And uh, you see, so you must realize this morning that the biblical principles set forth in the Word of God are not just up for grabs but they are the binding rule for your life. The spiritual man would say something like this. Tell me what the Bible says. Is that your heart? Tell me what the Bible says, preacher. 
or help me find out what the Bible says, or mark it down. I will find out what the Bible teaches, and whatever the Bible teaches, I'm going to do it. <laughs> because I realize that the Word of God is binding, and it's authority upon me as a Christian, as a child of the King. <laughs> if there's anything at all that would cure most of your problems, you got problems today in your home, your business, your church, your ministry, <laughs> If there's anything that would cure cure most of your problems in your home, church, ministry, and marriage today is bringing yourself under the authority of God, under the rule of God, as it is expressed in the Word of God. This is the, this is the rule book. This is the manual. God's people uh, try to live the Christian life without reading the manual. As others, you're trying to... How many folks got in your car... Uh, you got your car, and before you turn the key on, you open the glove box, pull out the manual, and you read the manual before you even... And nobody does that. <laughs> and nobody... How about... See, I've been, I'm in the, I've been in the manual. I've been trying to read the manual. God created us. He knows us. He knows everything. And He wrote the book. If there's anything that would cure most of your problems in your home, you church... Bring yourself under the authority of the Word of God. It's just simple. Not even it's not even hard to, and it's, and it's a decision. It'll work. It 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 works. One day you'll find out it works. But anyway, so Matthew six thirty three got that one. Okay, we're cutting some of this out. So what is it? So uh, the biblical standard set forth so uh, he gives liberty. I submit to spiritual man discerns. <laughs> Uh, we got that one. Oh, well, the next one. Okay, the spiritual man acknowledges the authority of the Word of God in his life. And so, let's go to number three. Spiritual man restores. Galatians 6.1. And the Bible says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So a Christian who's taken over in a fault, usually trying to live for the Master. <laughs> he's trying to do right. He's trying to live for God and do right. But for whatever reason... He lines up into a life of carnality. And the Bible simply says, you folks that are spiritual in the church, hey, go restore such a one. We're the only one that go around shooting our one. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, you don't take time. There's a carnal Christian. We ought to be the first, the spiritual Christian ought to be the first one to say, hey, how can I get you back in church? You got a problem? What's, what's going on? <laughs> When's the last time somebody come knocked on your door? You know what I'm saying? So today, I mean, we just kind of... So the spiritual man, so he ought to be the first one uh, on the scene. Carnal Christians say, if that's the way my sister's going to live, if that's the way my brother in Christ's going to act, don't look at me to help out. I'm not going to get involved. <laughs> we'll never hear the spiritual man saying that. Mark him. That's a carnal Christian. A carnal Christian. Spiritual Christian ought to be the first one to help out by saying, hey, sis, hey, brother, what can I do to get you back in church? Get you back in track? What can I do to help you get back? Now, the spiritual man considers himself, as it says in Galatians 6, 1, unless he's also, also tempted. Now, as you go to help that brother and sister, you don't compromise the Word of God to help. You don't compromise your convictions to help. But you do whatever you can to help that dear brother and sister in Christ get back on track and serving the King. You see what I'm saying? So we've noticed the spiritual man discerns. The spiritual man acknowledges the authority of God in life. The spiritual man restores. But the spiritual man matures. You ought to be growing. Most of God's people are still in the nursery. How long have you been in the nursery? We need to get out of the nursery and we need to be moving forward in our spiritual growth. You ought to be further along in spiritual growth than you were when you forgot. How long have you been saved? I met first students who have been saved for 10 years and they come, I've never read the Bible through one time. I said, You don't even know what you believe or what you don't know what you believe, what you believe. I mean, you, 
How can you, how can you be saved ten years and never read the Bible through one time? <laughs> but it, 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 it is possible because I've had people tell me that. <laughs> I say, you don't know what you believe or why you believe it. They've never gotten a manual, never gotten instruction in a manual. This is, the, I mean, this is the record of God's thoughts. If you want to know how to live for Christ, get in the, in the, this is the book. It tells you, we, we, we're trying to live for Christ. We go from one, we get saved, to 477. <laughs> and then we walk around like we're spiritual, but carnal. And we need to get, you know, we do not, not bypass two. So to show thyself approved unto God, and all number three, and, and all these others, and all on our way up. And so that's all I'm saying. So, y'all st- okay, so, uh, he, so the, the carnal Christian. So 1 Corinthians 3, 1, Paul writes, I cannot speak in a spiritual, but as in the carnal, even as in the babes in Christ. So the carnal Christian, sorry, he was not maturing, he was not growing, he was not moving forward in the spiritual growth. However, the spiritual man, the spiritual Christian, was maturing, was growing, was moving forward in the spiritual growth. Why is that? Feeding upon the Word of God every day. Yeah, feeding upon the Word of God. The Bible's not just a good book to him. The Bible's not just a good book of biblical principles to him. The Bible is a book of binding biblical principles to the spiritual man. He discerns on the basis of what the Bible says. He discerns on the basis of what the Bible teaches. Then distinguishes between right and wrong to make a right choice. Oh, he acknowledges the authority of God in his life, the rule of God in his life, as it is expressed in the Word of God. And he gladly submits himself to God. He gladly to the principles and to the commandments and to teaching the Word of God. And he is seeking to help restore a brother and sister in Christ. And he's maturing and growing in grace. Second Peter three eighteen, but growing grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, what keeps you from maturing? What keeps you from growing? Whatever keeps you from maturing, whatever keeps you from growing, is keeping you locked in the carnality. And as a Christian, as a born again believer, you don't have to live that way. If you do, you choose to live that sort of life. God never intended us to live that way. Never. And so. Uh, uh, this is this is something I learned 27 almost 27 years ago. One day, one day, Norman Stevens will bow the knee, and I'll give an account of how I lived my life for Christ. Now, I don't. That might not mean much to you, but one day, see, no than 22nd, 87, age of 30, I received the Lord. From that point in time in history until the day I die, I'll give an account of how I lived my life for Christ. You say I don't believe that. Hebrews 9.27, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Romans 14.10, We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14.12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. I don't know, but that puts the fear of God in me. I fear that I just won't measure up. You know, I'll stand before Him. I want to hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, and it's not going to, you're not going to stand before Him one day unashamed by accident. It's only going to happen as you determine by God's grace. That's how I'm going to stand before the Master one day. Don't you see? And so this is a starting point. You can start here and you can move here. This is God speaking to your heart, right? Now you can ignore it and say, Hey, I ain't listening. Nope. And go your own, and do your own thing. Or you can say, you know, humble yourself in the sight of God and He'll lift you up and and you'll grow and mature and develop. And we're all we're all growing. We're all different. We're moving forward. But come on, let's just just keep on going. And, and so um, here it is. So um, you say. So what keeps you from turning? What keeps you growing? Well, you say, preacher, what must I do? You need to confess and forsake known sin. I don't know what it is. God spoke to you about it. But if we confess our sin, God said, I'm faithful and just to forgive you. Proverbs 24, verse 16, A just man falls seven times and rises up again. 
How many folks, when you got on the bicycle, first time you rode the bicycle, first time you got on the bicycle, you know, you, uh, I got on it and I fell. And I, as a kid, I got on it and I fell. And I got, you know, I got back on it and I fell. And, I got, and finally, I was able to r- ride the bike. And the same thing, you know, study to show thyself. Or you're going, you know, you get on, you, st- you get off the band, you, you know, you read your Bible and you, spot, and you stop and you go and you stop and go, but you don't stop. You just keep on going. And then it becomes a habit, a godly habit, and God will help you. And uh, so, I submit to you the spiritual man matures. He grows and in his, and he develops in his Christian life because the man of God is not content. The Christian, the spiritual man, is not content to live with any sin in his life. He demands that he do right. When he finds an inconsistency in reading the Bible, a prayer, memorization, when he finds an inconsistency, when he finds a sin in his life, he deals with the sin, he deals with that inconsistency. Now, why would anyone do that? Why would you deal with sin? Why would you deal with the inconsistency in your walk with God? You deal with that so that you so you deal with that sin. You deal with it so you can move forward in your spiritual growth. You'll never find a spiritual man saying, "You know, that's just the way." Shrugging his shoulders and saying, "That's just the way I am. I've been that way for twenty six years. <laughs> you know, that's just the way I am. That's what sinners do." No, the, the, the spiritual man says, "Yes, that may be the way I am, but by God's grace, I'm going to change starting today." Love <laughs> Y'all coming back, right? Glory! Hey. Amen. I'm glad you're here. Okay, that's it. It's 11.30. I thought, see, I'm being obedient. I cut out some and do that, see this, and I, I get kind of squirrely when I cut out things. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> if I give it all in the line, it makes sense, you know, but then when you start cutting and pasting, it gets kind of, oh, more information, you know. Y'all happy? You got to speak to your heart. Something in your life. Maybe this morning, you need to. In Sunday school, you made a decision. I'm gonna live for Christ. You know, He's gonna be national over my life. Maybe you need to make that decision. Maybe you need to receive the Lord as your Savior. Uh, would you let just the pastor know? Say, I, I, I'm not sure if I die today or go to heaven. And, and then I want you to examine yourself based upon the four biblical qualities of the spiritual man. Are you a spiritual Christian? Discerning, acknowledging, restoring, and maturing. You said, No, I, I fell in maybe one or two areas of all of them. Well, the spiritual man says, I mean, we have, but God's grace, I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with it, and I'm gonna, by God's grace, I'm going to change starting today. Okay? So that's it. Let's all stand on our feet, and we'll make a decision. We'll let Pastor no doubt have, I don't know how they do it. I didn't ask. Y'all have a, a song of invitation around here? Uh, no? No? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> hey. Hey, I'm your friend. I, like I said, I have nothing to gain by lying to you. And I'm not trying to take something away from you. I'm trying to lead my brother to something that's wonderful. Deciding to walk with Christ is a path that's wonderful. It really is. But it requires obedience. John 15.10 If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And as you choose this morning to walk with God by His side, as His friend, as His companion, and He talks back to you this morning through His Word, the Spirit of God, you're to obey Him. Do what He says. Go where He wants you to go. Bring your life and total submission to Him. And then you'll discover what the Christian life is all about. And do you get to that point? You're going to be frustrated. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>